What if your retail store was actually a marketing company? What if instead of selling hardware and talking about all of the crap that you have for sale, you actually created a hardware marketing company that you talked about all the things that would make a plumber more successful. You talked about all the things that would make an electrician more successful, so on and so forth. What if instead of having a specialty retail store that you sold pool supplies in or uh, camera equipment or televisions or furniture or whatever it might be, instead of talking about all of the things that you had for sale, what if you used that foundation in that platform as a way to have an actual marketing company? That is what we are talking about today. There is a company that is known for its marketing and advertising in the sports media space. And they, in particular, they're kind of like a edgy sports media slash current events company. And that company is called Barstool Sports. So today we are looking at how Barstool Sports creates all of their content. How do they... Um, make money? What, what revenue sources do they have? And the reason why we're doing that is because I think that there's a lot of takeaways that you can look at these marketing and media companies and propel those into your retail companies. You see a marketing or advertising company um, that is making content. They are getting eyeballs and an audience first, and then they figure out what to sell them later. In contrast to that, a retail store typically opens up a bricks and mortar uh, location and they have all of the stuff and all of the products and then they figure out how to build an audience later. So it's kind of backwards. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of good takeaways that we can see from these marketing and advertising companies and get what they do. How do they build their audience? What kind of uh, content are they making and how are they making all of that content? So we are looking at the company Barstool Sports today that was founded by Dave Portnoy and drawing a few takeaways from that. Hello and welcome to the Better Business Podcast, where we help you improve your family-owned retail business. I'm with my co-host today, Chris Fox from Fox Strategy, the marketing genius. And my name is Steve Cook. I'm a third-generation business owner, and with the things I've learned and talk about on this show, I've taken my family's retail business to over $10 million in sales. Now let's get to the show. In 2003, a man by the name of Dave Portnoy, uh, who you might recognize as the guy on TikTok and Instagram that does pizza reviews. Um, Dave Portnoy was a sports gambler uh, that decided to create a sports betting newspaper and so after years of doing this, he produced this sports gambling paper and created kind of a following around the uh, Brooklyn, New York, kind of northeast uh, scene and started getting uh, quite a few people that were very obsessed with this paper. After years of producing it, a customer 
had to move because of a job relocation and begged Dave Portnoy to put his uh, sports betting publication onto the Internet so that he could access it from a different part of the United States and stay up to date on all the sports news from Dave Portnoy's viewpoint. Fast forward uh, 19 years later, and Dave Portnoy has sold some of his company. And though we don't have the exact numbers, uh, this because it's a privately held company, um, some people say that Barstool Sports and Dave Portnoy uh, is one of the largest sports media uh, empires in the United States. It's kind of an edgy sports media. Uh, they do all kinds of media. They just are current events as a whole, but they boast over 66 million unique views every single month. And I think it's foolish not to at least look at how they produce content. Uh, as a retailer, of course, it's great to look at other retailers and figure out, hey, what could I learn from this? But why not take a step back today and look at a advertising agency, look at someone that creates media for a living, and built an audience, made no money from it for years and years, and now they began to um, sell products on the back end. As a contrast to that, all retailers or most retailers have zero audience, and they start out trying to sell products out of a brick-and-mortar business. And then they try to hit the media uh, front and try to advertise and things like that and build up their clientele that way. So. I think it would be wise to look at how Barstool Sports creates media and how they produce videos, and uh, they have uh, many podcasts. I think they have 12 different podcasts. They have tons of video creators. Uh, they have all different kinds of media outlets and uh, platforms and different things like that. They have their own app. They uh, sell pizza. They uh, create merchandise and sell tons of merchandise. Um, so... That is where I want to begin. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts from the top? Well, I love this topic um, because I also – we've never talked about this before, but I also am fascinated with Barstool and the way that they create content and the way that they you know, essentially – came from nothing is the wrong word because all businesses start somewhere. It makes me think of a Gary Vee who had a successful wine business. Dave Portnoy has a successful sports betting business, but then they use online content and leverage it to create an audience that literally propels their business you know, to places they couldn't have ever imagined. So I'm glad we're talking about it. And, and I will say that's, that's going to be my number one thought right off the top. If you're listening and you catch yourself thinking, this isn't for me because my business is totally different or I sell a physical product or I sell a service, what you need to understand is that you're not going to sell to anyone unless you have an audience. And all businesses for all of time have experienced this. The audiences just look different the way it's amassed and created and nurtured over the years. You know, if you were lucky enough, a great great grandfather, to be in the railroad business when the railroad was making its way across the United States, you had an audience. You didn't necessarily need to build it, but you used it. You leveraged it. The only difference today is there are more people. There are more ways to create audience. And there are more noise. So that's what we have to get around. But you're right, Steve. Most retailers have zero audience. They have zero people that they've actually collected with the goal of informing and entertaining and inspiring 
to then eventually sell something to. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that the audience, in a lot of aspects, the audience is more important than the product or the whatever that you're selling. Absolutely. When you look at uh, look at some of the largest companies that have been created in the last five to ten years that are new, um, of course you have companies that were created around a idea of products, but a lot of the companies that have been created here recently, people just had a very large audience. Yep. And then they decided to sell a product. Look at Kylie yep. Jenner, one of the Outstanding um, one example. of the youngest, or maybe was the youngest billionaire uh, female that has ever lived, if I'm not mistaken. Um, created a product around her yep. audience, so she created an audience and said, "Hmm, what could I sell them?" Um, you know, obviously it was a lot more um, thoughtful than that. But uh, look at The Rock; he has one of the fastest growing tequila companies, and. He had the audience yep. first and then thought, what could I sell him? Look at Kevin Hart. Yep. Uh, Kevin Hart is also doing that. He's creating a lot of businesses around the audience that he has. So, um, yeah, I think the audience is, is very, very important. And um, so what can we learn from that? You know, what can we learn from these these large audiences and in these companies like Barcelona And I will Sports? say this again because I, I just hear it. I hear the objections in my head of retailers going, I'm not Kevin Hart. I'm not The Rock. I don't have Kylie Jenner's social media following. Yeah, that's the point. And I think that that's where we just want to <laughs> remind you, don't discount this because it, this is the new way of doing business or I don't want to mess with that social media stuff. It doesn't even have to be social media. You could build a real audience of a thousand people just from a printed newsletter that you sent to your people if that's what they wanted, right? I think the biggest um, cool thing about this Dave Portnoy store Portnoy story is that his customer said, I'm moving away. Would you please put this online so that I can get it? And he listened to his customer saying, I want what you're offering, but I just, I need it in this way. And I think that's um, another thing to remind people of. It's not, we're not telling you to run out and try to build a TikTok audience by dancing your way to a million followers and then go sell them something. We're telling you to find what your people want your information on what they want your opinion on your expertise on your entertainment on and build an audience around that whether it's an email it's in social it's in text it's in showing up to the local chamber and having a monthly speaking series where you give a talk over lunch i mean like those are real legitimate ways to build an audience but if you don't build the audience first what you're what you're then going to do to try to sell your product is advertise your product and now you're just paying for people to look at your stuff. You still got to have an audience. So either you earned it, you built it, or you're paying for it. And so that's why I think what's going to make a huge difference for our listeners who are listening to this. Yeah, nobody starts out with 66 million you know, hits on their website every month. I think that uh, if you're listening to this and you're throwing up in your mouth because you're like, oh, I hate video, I hate being on camera, uh, I hate anything about advertising, this first uh, subject, I guess, would be for you. And um, that is when you look at Barstool Sports, they have hundreds and hundreds, maybe even over a thousand now, again, private companies, so don't uh, you can't really like you know have any exact figures to look at, but um, they have thousands of employees, let's say, but 
just creators, people that are making video, making podcasts, making um, different uh, article writing articles, things like yep. that. Barstool has hundreds of outside talent to do their mm. content creation. My question is for retailers, why can you not do the same? What Barstool Sports is does is they find some of the fastest growing talent that they feel is under mm. uh, under appreciated maybe by a different yeah. company or undervalued, meaning that they are new, they have the chops and they're doing a great job creating yep. content, but they don't have a very big audience yet. Um, or maybe they just love being on camera, or they love doing a podcast, or they love the topic that you are in in your retail business, whatever that might be. Um, but if you can find underutilized talent in some capacity, why can you not pay them um, to do content creation for yep. you? There are a lot of creative ways that Barstool does it. Um, they do a few deals where they pay people straight salaries. Hmm. to create content for them. There is some deals that they do that they split the ad revenue. So that would mean if you have a podcast and, you know, somebody like, uh, you know, a, a, an underwear brand wants to advertise on that podcast, they split the ad revenue off of that. And then they do some deals where they pay them some salary and then they get all of the ad revenue and then the content creator gets to sell merchandise on the back end, um, whatever merchandise they want to sell. Um, whether it's T-shirts or a product or whatever it might be, so there's a lot of different ways to pay people than just hey, you know, can I pay you 20 bucks an hour to create content for me? Um, so why can a retailer not do this? Is my question. Hmm. If you're camera shy or whatever it might be, uh, Chris, what are your well, thoughts? Well, and we've said it before, but if you're not going to be the face of your business, you've got to hire a face because people want to do business with people. And we had a topic on this podcast where we talked about that. And this is a perfect idea. And I would say to some of you older generation folks, because I'm, I'm getting up there and I know I've experienced this. When you're out at dinner in your town, in your market, and you have a waiter or waitress that's outstanding, they're just crushing it. You can offer that person a job. You can, and you don't have to do it right there. Like, I don't know why everyone always assumes that we're just saying it's simple and easy. Go out and do it. Don't be tacky. Right, like you... <laughs> Take some time, think about it, make a plan, do it strategically. But you can ask that person to have a drink with, with you, you know, a couple weeks later after you've thought it through and you pitch them the idea. I want you to come work for me. You could make content. You could sell. Um, we, here's my, here's my pitch on how we compensate you. But, but that's what we're talking about when we're saying like Barstool and Portnoy go and find creators, content creators who are underutilized or they're, they're going to be big, but they, they are undiscovered talent. You could do the same thing visiting all the businesses in your town. Go poach that waiter. Go, you know, grab that receptionist. And that's the thing, too. If, if you ask that person, develop a little bit of a relationship, and you know that they have a social media following or that they know how to create social media content, now you've got your content creator. You know, and, and on top of that, somebody who's personable, great with your people, good sales you know, skills, whatever it is. So I love this idea, and I think that there isn't a reason that retailers shouldn't be doing this because all it is is a little mindset shift to say instead of talking about I want to hire somebody to watch the counter so that I can actually breathe and have a day off, you got to shift that mindset. You don't need somebody to watch the counter. You need somebody to create content for your business. You need somebody to 
serve your customers well, whatever it is, right? If you need somebody to be your latest salesperson in your, uh, you know, retail business or whatever, you don't just need a salesperson. You need somebody who knows how to create content. So I, I think a lot of retail businesses and a lot of businesses in general, it's just everybody, we get overwhelmed, we under uh, value what we're looking for. And we end up in that place where I just need somebody to blink, get out of that thought pattern and say, I need somebody to create content and do these other things that I need. So after you get off the hump of, uh, finding someone that maybe you do decide that you want to outsource this, I think that it is important to be thoughtful around what content you will create. Um, so we've talked a lot in this uh, podcast over different episodes about um, being thoughtful about uh, what kind of content you create. Um, for different businesses, that could be very, very different. Um, for a lot of, uh, you know, I guess you would say uh, feed stores, hardware stores, lumber stores, uh, you know, specialty retail stores, that could be around education. Yeah. And so uh, that might be someone who is already doing reviews on certain products. Maybe it's on YouTube yeah. or uh, TikTok or whatever. Um, find somebody that already has a channel going. Uh, if it is a restaurant or something like that, find somebody that's already doing reviews on restaurants and, and get them to, instead of doing different reviews on different restaurants, do different ideas for date nights or do different ideas for events or whatever it might be entertainment only at your restaurant. Um, if they enjoy the eating out and things like that. Um, if it is uh, clothing, maybe it's clothing, maybe it's something different than that. Uh, maybe it's grocery stores. Uh, maybe it could be, you know, tips for moms or, uh, you know, fashion tips or whatever it might be. So um, be very thoughtful that you don't just check a box of content, yep. that it is just um, content around your town that you live in or something like that. It could get too far from um, what's actually going to bring a dollar back to your bottom line. Um, so make sure that you're thoughtful about that. Who will watch this and then what will they do once they watch it? Will they, you know, have a uh, fondness to my brand? Will they want to come shop with me or, um, visit my business after watching such and such? And video? don't be afraid to fail. I think that's important to mention and because there probably is a lot of assumption that once you start creating content, your business is going to boom. People will follow you hand over fist. And I, Steve and I will stand here and tell you that's not how it works. You have to consistently create content that people find valuable and slowly but surely they will follow you and engage with you and maybe ask some questions and eventually they'll do business with you. It is a long process and a lot of content that's that gets created fails. It gets a hundred views, 60 views. It doesn't pop off. It's not the thing that everybody knows you for. And you invested time and energy, your content creator invested time and energy in it. And all we can tell you is you're going to take that same idea. You're going to rewrap it in a month or two and do it again. And that's just part of, I think that piece too is be very, very careful when you consider this idea of content creation that you're not that you're managing your expectations and that you're empowering that person to do what they know your audience will want. And so if you are really nervous around this as a business owner, 
have them prepare ideas and then bring them to you. And you have a meeting where you go over their ideas and then you send them away to do, you know, two, four and seven instead of one through 10. Um, make sure that you in, you invest in them, right? Empower them to create what you know your audience is going to like or what you think they're going to like. Then you go test it. And if it fails still, now you maybe go back to the drawing board and grab some of those ideas you left on the floor. And I think that's why it's so genius too. And I, I encourage this. I just did an episode about this, but I encourage all employees to be aligned with the the business owner as far as making profit mm. of the business or whatever that might look like on the back end. But I think the same applies with content creators, how Barstool splits ad revenue with their content creators or um, allows them to sell merchandise Ooh, yeah. or whatever. Um, I think that that is a great idea for you um, to do with a content creator. I will pay you X number of cents or whatever per view. I'll pay you X number of dollars per listen or whatever it might be. Um, I think that doing something like that aligns you and that person uh, and make sure that it's around yep. the topic. I'll pay you X number of cents per view on every video that's about this topic, you know, whatever that might be. So, um, you know, I think if you're aligned in those values now, here's the problem. If you have zero audience and they're starting from scratch, that might be scary for a content creator to, you know, want to invest in that. But, um, that is a, an idea, uh, to get your, uh, feet wet on, on that idea. Yep. So the other thing that I thought was genius, I guess, by Barstool Sports is the, it is a snowball effect in content creation, especially when you look at their business model. The larger their volume of content creation gets, the tinier it is for them to pay the back-end creators and to pay creators and to pay all of the overhead expenses of content creation, if you will. Um, the the more videos that you output, it does not cost that much more once you have a video creator on staff to create a few more videos, um, especially if you have a content, a, a video creator that can oversee other video creators. Um, it is not, Barstool has, I, like I said, I can't remember how many exactly, but I think it's like 12 podcasts. Mm. Once you have one podcast producer, it is not that much more expensive to pay them to do two podcasts or three podcasts or four podcasts. Once you find a cadence and a rhythm of the programs that you use and the microphones and the podcast facility that you have and the, you know, on and on it goes, once you have all that for one podcast, it's not that much more to do it mm -hmm. for two. And it's not that much more to do it for three and on and on it goes. It's a snowball effect. And so I would encourage someone if they could stomach the expenses of one content creator, if they could stomach the expenses of creating video for one platform, I think that it's easier and easier for you to grow volume if you can stomach the expense of one, um, whether that's one platform, one content creator, one podcast, one video series each week, one, you know, whatever it might be. If you get started with one, it's not going to be that hard, much harder to add to that after you get started. What are well, your thoughts? Well, and you're right on here. Because also somebody might be wondering, well, why in the world would I need four podcasts when I didn't even know today that I needed one? And I think our answer would just continually <laughs> be if you are a if you are a responsible business owner, you know that you sell to two or three or four niche markets. 
And Steve, you're a great example. You sell horse feed. Well, congratulations. You make a podcast about selling horse feed. Now you're talking to all the horse people in the world. But you know, and anyone in the horse industry knows, you could make a barrel racer podcast about how barrel racers care for their horses. And you could make a roper podcast about how ropers care for their horses and go on and on and on and exploit these niches in inside this this really media plan, right? This marketing strategy. So if you're a boutique and you are in a small town and you're like, what in the world would I do with a podcast, right? You've got to identify who are your people and what do they want to hear from you? And then that's going to lead you to the deeper level of who are the people under that, right? How do they divide up further? So maybe it's a podcast uh, about high school fashion in your town, because you want to be the go-to boutique for all the high school you know, girls to shop at. And then below that, you might offer uh, you know, the athleisure section. So you're going to have a podcast that your boutique puts on with all of the sports stars at that high school. But then you also have uh, you know, like a fancy or a couture-esque line, right? And you're going to have a podcast with all of the high fashion you know, folks at that, at that school. And they're all going to want to listen to that. Now, swap out podcast for TikTok account, and maybe you've got one boutique TikTok account, and then you have either a series in that same account or you have multiple accounts for those niches. Well, all we're saying is pick a platform. Maybe it's podcast. Maybe it's TikTok. Maybe it's a local television show if you're that bougie. I don't know. Um, Pick the platform. Then go after an audience and then break that audience down and niche it. And that's where, Steve, you're saying invest in a content creator. But once you've stomached the cost of that and you're seeing it gain momentum, have that person make more, hire a second, you know, add on a second podcast, a second TikTok channel, whatever it is. Um, So I think that that's where I love what you're talking about. And especially around this idea of volume. Um, The only other thing I would say is at this point in this marketing strategy, and I, I will say there are exceptions to every rule, but at this point in this kind of strategy, it is a quantity over quality content creation strategy because the whole goal of marketing is you got to understand this people do not buy when you are ready to sell to them they buy when they're ready to buy and your job as a marketer as a business owner is to stay top of mind until they're ready to buy so this quality uh, this quantity over quality podcast or tiktok or email whatever it is content generation is simply that you're trying to stay out there and always be top of mind in your ideal clients so that when they're ready to do that shopping, there's no question. They're going to you. They've seen that content. They've built that loyalty. And that's going to take multiple pieces of content a week, maybe even a day, depending on how busy and, and noisy your industry is. And the thing is, too, about that, you know, what Barstool did was they created an audience and then they... They do sell merchandise, but there's a lot of other ways that they make revenue uh, besides just selling merchandise. And that's okay if you're in the, you know, whatever business you're in and your revenue comes from multiple different sources. Um, You you know, this was a while back, but I talked to, uh, um, uh, he has a, a, uh, I don't know, TikTok channel, Instagram, and with several, several million viewers Mm -hmm. and, uh, Dang it. What is it called? Clean that up. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. Uh, Brandon Pleshek, I think is how you said his last name. But anyways, um, he has a janitorial commercial cleaning company. It's third generation. Um, He's the third generation in that business. Um, 
and they did commercial cleaning and he started making like just kind of cleaning videos on TikTok, which then, you know, bubbled over into his Instagram. And he's got millions and millions of people that follow his pages. And he has people from Dyson reaching out to him. Um, he has people from, uh, I can't remember all the companies that he said reached out to him and offered him different uh different arrangements for money to make videos for them um, and have, you know, uh, shared links that people can shop on his website for that company and stuff like that. So there's other ways to make money besides just selling a product on the back end through your retail store. It might be through advertising. It might just be through ads on a podcast or, you know, TikTok, you know, paid partnerships and things like that. Uh, it could be through different things like, you know, you actually have develop an app and you sell whatever it might be through different retail stores, but it's all through your app or whatever. So, um, you know, creating an audience like we're talking about at the very beginning of this episode is never a bad thing. Um, and I think that's something that you can learn from Barstool is, is they just create an audience and then they figure out what to sell them later. Yep. I think the, the, the overall message here is uh, get outside the box. Don't uh, let any limiting beliefs you have about your business, how you're supposed to make money, how you're supposed to market, how you're supposed to grow. All of that stuff um, is useless to you because it's how somebody else did it. It may be good inspiration, maybe good advice on what to do or maybe even what not to do. But the point is get out of the box, get a little bit creative and know that when you're seeking out a, a group of people as a business and you want to give value to them, you want them to follow you and trust you so that at some point, someday they do business with you in some way. Maybe it's a different way that you're doing business today. That's what's going to lead you down that right path. Um, just don't be blocked in by how it's always been done. Because if, if anything's true today, it's that the way it's always been done is changing year over year, quarter over quarter at this point. You went a little Dr. Susie on me there for a minute. Someday, in some way, in some day. Oh, I wish I had I wasn't noticed exactly that. sure. Yeah. yeah, I wish. I can't remember exactly. I could have landed that as a rhyme. I wish I would have. Uh... <laughs> uh, well, I hope that this has given you a few ideas to implement in your retail business. Again, uh, the company is Barstool Sports, and they are kind of an edgy sports uh, marketing slash advertising platform. If you are curious about them, you can look them up. And Dave Portnoy is the guy that we were talking about. I in no way uh, endorse their uh, company, I guess. I uh, I actually don't even watch that much of their content. I watch uh, Dave Portnoy's uh, pizza reviews and stuff sometimes, but uh, it's uh, it's just kind of entertaining. But anyways, uh, but yeah, I have uh, no uh, endorsement as far as that's concerned. I really don't listen to their stuff that much, but I think they're a genius uh, marketing slash content creating uh, company. And so uh, I hope you've been able to take away a few things from this episode that would help you. If you need more questions, you can reach out to Chris Fox, and he has a marketing company. He can help you with that. And if you need horse feed, I'm always here. Thank you for listening to this episode.